Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 14 now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, coming to you live. On a Tuesday night, you'll be getting this for Wednesday. We just watched the Rams get the wheels completely blown off their cart last night. I have no idea what to think. The NFL is drunk right now with all the upsets. <laughs> Seriously. The NFL's been, uh, been boring, man. I, like all these primetime games, it's like, oh, Rams, Niners, uh, Raiders, Chiefs. And it's like, there's just no points being scored, man. It's terrible. Yeah, it feels real weird. And you, you had a uh, Tom Brady and the boys coming out of the bye against Washington, uh, who lost Chase Young in that game. And they went out there and dropped a, a dud on us and lost to Taylor Heineke and company. So I don't know what's going on. Hopefully we see uh, the ship righted this upcoming week. Yeah, it's not just them, man. A lot of these underdogs are playing well, like the Giants against Kansas City. They played really well. A lot of these kind of underdoggy teams are – making some noise over the last couple of weeks. Look at the, you know, the Jets beat the the Titans earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just weird what's going on with the league. So with that being said, today's episode is going to be sponsored by Game Day Liner again. Another week with Game Day Liner. We love it. Spice up your tailgates this season with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Sport your team, company, custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or wherever you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof. Visit gamedayliner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY21. That's all lowercase. DYNASTY21 to get 15% off your custom truck bed liner. That's code DYNASTY21 at gamedayliner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. Love it. How was the wedding? The wedding was spectacular. Yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Mr. Jimmy and Mrs. Sam, uh, Samantha Day. Uh, She finally got that name switched on over. I actually noticed she uh, changed her Instagram handle. So, you know, it's it's truly official at this point. Shout out to them. And uh, but yeah, I also got the chance to run into a couple other game day liner uh, guys this weekend. Shout out to Zach Reeder. Good buddy of mine. We played at Evansville together along with Jimmy Day. And then uh Robbie Wilkes, man, uh, he showed up to Evansville the year after I left, and he's part of the game day liner crew. We went out to the bar together, had some drinks, made some, uh, made a good connection. So shout out to all three of those guys. Shout out to game day liner. Go get your uh, your turf truck bed liner from those guys. I hope, I hope they made a custom liner for the wedding. Yo, I I didn't ask about that, but they sure should have. If they didn't, that would be uh, that'd be pretty electric right there. It would but, uh, be. Yes, sir. We have a great show for you guys today. Reports from around the realm is back. We have Boom Bust of the Week debuting a new segment that I like uh, a lot. It's Crystal Ball, Crystal Ball. We're going to be looking into the Crystal Ball this week, trying to see who's going to have big weeks and who's going to poop it on up next week in these slates. And then we are going to have Hit and Miss of the Week and then a quote from a fellow monarch at the end like we always do. Uh, So we're going to get into our reports from around the realm section kicking it off uh one that 
I will actually let Max read because this spe- this player is actually very special to him. No, I, I feel like you do it better than me. I, I, I want to defer back to you. You're deferring back? Well, I'm going to try to do the best that I can to honor your favorite one of your favorite players here. And you know what? This guy is officially back. If, if you didn't hear him screaming into your, your television screen the, this past week, Cam Newton screaming, I'm back! Uh, Cam is returning to action. Uh, scored a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown while I think he only saw like less than 50% of snaps at the quarterback position. 12% of the snaps. 12% of the snaps at the quarterback <laughs> position. Sure. Now, I know we talk about quarterbacks a decent amount, but this is more particularly for Superflex. Obviously, he's going to be a big uh, variance guy, putting up some, putting up a lot week over week. But in Superflex, where are you kind of sitting on Cam and, and his newfound stock in the in the offense there in Carolina? And that snap percentage will probably go up. He's expected to start this week, so I'd expect it to be 100%. Um, and just like, I don't know, they're rushing upside and like the weapons he has there. McCaffrey looked great. We'll touch on him later. Robbie Anderson scored. Praise the Lord on that one. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> he looked happy. Anderson, Did you see him on the sideline? They're taking selfies after the game. I mean, Cam, do you see Cam Newton? He was leading the huddle. Like, it's a very new and improved Panthers team. It's fun to see. Where I would pay, what would I pay for him in a super flex? I mean, it might sound crazy, but like, I'd pay a back end 2022 first for him. I really oh, would. No. Oh, no. I, really I don't want to hear that. I'm, I don't want to. If hear I'm a competitor that. and I have a late first and I got like Josh Allen as my one quarterback and then my other quarterback's like Matt Ryan, I would pay that for Cam Newton. I really, really would. I'm not a fan of the 2022 class. Matt Ryan put up one point this week. You can't be relying on that. As a competitor, you know, I think Cam's rushing upside will get him more than 0.9. I would definitely pay that. I really would. It's, it's bold, but I would. It is very bold. Personally, I don't know if I have the gut to do it just like long term. He only signed a one year deal with them. But the schedule is so fantastic if he takes over as the full time starter. So he's got Washington uh, this upcoming week, which is, you know, revenge game against Riverboat Ron, if you want to. Uh, you know, build that narrative up. Narrative. He's got my, yeah. Then he's got Miami and then he's got a buy, which is unfortunate week 13, then Atlanta, Buffalo and week 15, not great, but Tampa and new Orleans. So um, I don't know, like relatively good matchup for quarterbacks and the touchdown upside with him and CMC working together. I feel like it's through the roof. Defenses are going to have to choose one or the other. Um, so I feel like his rushing touchdown upside is, is just through the roof, but Man, I don't know. He's still got to prove it to me with his arm a little bit. I know he's got weapons over there, but the last time we saw him throw, I mean, it was it was pretty close to Big Ben arm strength. So I I, I don't know if I'd pay that. I I give up a couple seconds probably to make the final push, but I, I don't think I can get into first round territory. Yeah, no first round. class. That's like pretty mediocre. The cheeks, the cheeks class. Yeah, I mean, Cam could just be done after this season, though. You know, they could get what they get out of him. He's a, what, 32-year-old quarterback that really hasn't shown any arm strength since uh, before that shoulder surgery. So, I don't know if he's the answer long-term, you know. We should have put this in our overreacting segment. 
Yeah. <laughs> we should. Well, we, we didn't know. But all right, let me ask you guys this and we can move on to the next point. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're a contender and you know, like, you got a really good team. And let's say, just hypothetical here, week 17, Cam Newton puts up 30 points in the championship game. Would you pay a first form if you knew that in advance? Uh, yeah, probably. Honestly, if I knew that well in advance, I think so. But got to get to the championship first. Yeah, exactly. Nope, we're, saying you're, we're saying you're in the championship and Cam puts up 30 that week as your quarterback too. Would you pay a first rounder basically to win the championship? Uh, then, then yeah, I would pay it. Okay. Yeah, I would too, but I don't know. Like, I don't think you can guarantee that or anything. So I, I'm not at all. But you know, I that's a good question that's to bring up, and it you know I think it definitely validates like what you're talking about. I mean, you're shooting for the moon if you're contending right now, and you know you need that guy. I could see what you're going for, but just personally, I I just can't do it because I don't know how many games he's going to play in general. You know, I mean, honestly, in the monarchy league. I wanted to talk about like I'd pay our 2024 <laughs> first for Cam Newton. I who I has don't think him? I could do who that. has him in the listener league? I don't care who has him. I mean, we can't be starting Matt Ryan going into the playoffs. Fair but enough. He's, he's Maddie Ice. Yeah, Maddie won point this week. So Maddie Ice. Maddie Ice I would trade our 2024 <laughs> first for Cam. Jason, Newton. I said that the same time. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie right. Ice has got New England coming up too. Okay, yeah, sorry, not to digress too much. Enough but. Cam Newton yeah. talk. <laughs> enough, enough from the funny man that dresses weird at the press conferences. <laughs> did somebody see? Did you guys see that? Uh, people said that he would be like a villain in the Batman universe with the way that he dresses. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. That's hilarious. I saw one tweet in the middle of the game that was like. Cam Newton's about to show up to this post-game press conference in the biggest hat you've ever seen. And he <laughs> tweeted that out after his second touch. And I was like, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, the, the hat just grows with how well he plays. Exactly. All right. So we're going to move into our second note. And we had absolute tight end madness. You want to talk about the NFL being drunk? The tight end position is drunk this year. <laughs> Uh, on one end of the spectrum, you have Hawkinson, who is probably like a fifth or sixth round pick in your dynasty leagues, maybe even sooner. Uh, and then he had 94% of the snaps and had one target, zero catches. And then you have somebody like Hunter Henry out there who is the tight end four right now. And he has seven touchdowns through 10 games. Obviously the tight end position is extremely touchdown dependent, but a lot of our top tier guys just aren't performing the way that we want them to like guys like Waller, et cetera. What are you guys thinking about this new kind of tight end variance that we're running into this season? I think it just makes the position so much more valuable. I mean, I know me and you today, Peter, we were talking about a trade involving George Kittle and it's like you offered me Calvin Ridley. And as much as I want Calvin Ridley, like there's so many good receivers out there and like, George Kittle, yes, I get he's been injury prone and all that stuff, but to have one of those elite options, even Waller hasn't been that this year, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why I just feel like having Kelsey, even Kelsey, like it's it's been so hard, but like for me personally, I just feel like if you could have like a tight end, I wouldn't want Hunter Henry, even though he's tight end number four right now. Um, But having an elite tight end really, really does pay pay off in the long run. So I would be going out and trying to get Kittle. He's looked great, especially with Jimmy G. Yeah. I think we've been 
somewhat let down by like the fantasy points on the board for guys like Hawkinson and Waller and stuff like that. But a lot of their underlying numbers, you know, routes run uh, for the position and target share and a lot of these things, the underlying numbers are there. So I think if you have one of these top tier tight ends like Hawkinson or Waller or uh, I'm trying to think of oh, Kyle Pitts, all any of these guys that are really struggling right now, dropping these duds, I think you got to just stand pat with it because at the end of the day, the Hunter Henry's of the world are not going to win you a week. You know, they'll get you 10, 12 points if they're lucky to catch a touchdown. But guys like TJ Hawkinson and Pitts and Waller, they can rack up seven, eight catches, 100 plus yards and a touchdown on top. That's going to win you a week. So, you know, if if there's anyone out there panicking, your trade, trade deadline's not over, go get one of these guys for sure. Um, but if you have them on your roster, stand pat, I think – I think there are better days to come for a lot of these guys. Uh, yeah, the, the tight end position is so just weird and funky every year, but I feel like this year more so. Uh, back in the day, it used to be like you had four guys that would produce decently, and then everybody else just stunk. Whereas this year, you're seeing guys that never really were great being able to put up back to back to back, like decent weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just have no idea where the position's going. And I say that sadly because, you know, we're supposed to be a tool that uh, helps people with their leagues and helps people make the right decisions. And it's just so varied this season that I don't feel comfortable saying that some of these lower tier guys are going to pan out or saying that these upper tier guys are going to keep it up. There's like one or two guys that you're guaranteed that'll keep it up, you know, but barring injury, you still never know. Like uh, the only person I'm completely confident in every single week this year is Mark Andrews and then Dallas Goddard from like moving forward, just because they're so integral to those offenses. Now Kittle is just extremely injury prone at this point in his career. And everybody else has like a, like a little asterisk, but those two guys have none right now. Yeah. How are you actually going to say Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard are the only two you feel comfortable with going forward? Kelsey, I'm saying in a dynasty, Kelsey's getting older, which has like been my whole argument. Now I'm not denying his talent. He's incredible. Uh, I have said in the past that I think, you know, we're, we're seeing the end, which I think is extremely possible. Uh, but they're the only two that I'm completely confident in, in a dynasty's perspective right now. Cause you look at all the other tight ends, like Noah Fant, you have no idea what, like he's up, down, left, right, and circles every other week. Uh, and then you have, uh, Kittle, who's either injured or putting up 20 or putting up two. It's just, you just never know with a lot of these other tight ends that aren't Mark Andrews or uh, Goddard. And now everybody's going to say, what are you talking about with Goddard? He's, he gets 50% of the passes. Like you can't ask for more. I don't need, I don't care how big that pie is. I don't care how big the passing pie is. If you're getting anywhere between like 35 and 45 or 50% of the work, I don't care. If it's five uh, catches, that's so yeah. much. That's undeniable. Yeah, because that uh, that opens up things for if they're ever trailing or something like that and Hurts ever does have to throw the ball 40 times a game. Like, if, if 14 to 18 targets is somewhere in the realm of possibilities for a guy, like, you have to take a stab at that. Literally absurd. And, yeah. And, you know, I think, too, with, with Waller, personally, I think he's going to get right sooner rather than later. I just – that offense that they're running over there post Gruden. Like I know they had the first game um, since he left and they balled out or whatever, but 
that offense that they were running um, against Kansas City was just so putrid. They didn't get any of their their best players the ball. They were targeting Zay Jones, and I, I don't know what they were doing. So I think sooner uh, rather than later, um, Waller's going to get the ball in his hands. I think Hawk's going to have to get the ball in his hands. But, yeah, it just seems so locked and loaded at the beginning of the season, and that's what fantasy football does. It always comes around each year and humbles you. Um, with a heavy dose of variance. So, humbling. yeah. I, I, yeah Very exactly. humbling. Yeah, exactly. Can I say right. something real quick? I, you I, got I, it. I wish my camera was on to see just my, my jaw on the floor right now because, I mean, you, you, we're talking about Dallas Goddard, Peter? Is that who you're yes. talking about? Yes. He's had five targets, seven targets, six targets, and two targets. Well, he had two targets this past week. You know, this you always want to take context in the first quarter. He had okay, 40 yards in the first quarter. He had 28 yards on 20% of the snaps. Sorry, 28 yards. 30. He had 30 the yards in the first quarter. Being this number one tight end with Zach Ertz being gone is 72 yards. He's yet to find the end zone. You have a quarterback of Jalen Hurts who we don't even know is going to be there next year mm-hmm. in an offense that can't commit to a tight end. I mean, they've had this guy now for three years, and they've been – Well, they finally their- committed to him, and yeah. it's just another buy-low opportunity for a guy that sees an enormous chunk of the passing volume – he see mm-hmm. he sees Six, like se- he has in four games he has 14 20 targets in four he has he has just five targets a game do you understand how percentages work i understand i understand that jalen hurts has run the ball 15 times a game then they're giving jordan howard and boston scott 30 rushes a game and jalen hurts throws the ball 15 times a game and then yeah. he gets five of those targets so he has 33% of them yeah yeah, I mean, I think we're more so just talking about, you know, not the results that have happened, but just the the percentage in that target share presents so much upside if they decide to change their run, like um, their scheme around from so run heavy or if they ever get scripted into a negative game script. Like, um, I mean, he's put up 70 yards or more twice in half his game since Ertz is back. So, I mean – And all season, too, his yards per catch is just – he's had not a single game below 10.5 yards per catch. So, it's just an upside play. I don't think it's like a a safe floor play. Yeah. I'm not saying he's elite. I'm just saying he's somebody that I'm completely comfortable with as like a dynasty option. I agree. I guess I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here. I, I don't know. I'd rather, I get like obviously everyone would rather have Kelsey than Goddard, but Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm not dumb. I mean, I mean, I'd rather have Kelsey, Waller, um, Hawkinson, Andrews. Andrews all yeah, I, don't before. Know I don't know if I'd rather have Hawk. I'd rather have Hawkinson. I'd rather have Pitts. I'd rather have Pitts. Yeah. But no, I'm just saying, you know what you're going to get from Goddard. It's not like the variance isn't extremely high. And that's why I'm. Get five, catch five targets of the game. Yeah. And he's probably going to catch like three or four of them. And he throw in an end zone target. And that's a top five tight end finish. Always yeah. to score in those four. I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely out on Dallas Goddard. I, I I was just shocked to hear that come out of your mouth. Hey, look, that's what we had a heated debate on tight ends today, and I, I can appreciate it. Both ends of the spectrum are allowed to have their points of view. Definitely. Yeah, All no, right. and tight ends that position, man. Like we have varying opinions, and they, you know, drop varying scores every week. So I think that just speaks to the the scope of the position. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no. It's always a good conversation to have, though. You know. Yeah, and please feel free on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you find us. Shoot us like a message if you think I'm cracked out. 
I'm mm-hmm. stupid or if you think Max is dumb, you know, like it's not about who's right or who's wrong. We just want to hear from the people what you guys are thinking on it because it, it's a very polarizing topic. And, it, you know, it's like one of those math equations that we'll never figure out the formula for. And it's <laughs> exactly. just all conjecture. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to move into our third and final note of the week. Probably the saddest part of the week. This might yeah. be my mess later on in the episode. Aaron Jones out one to two weeks. Very sad. Uh, AJ Dillon though, all those Oof. AJ Dillon truthers out there, two touchdowns in the win in the blanking of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys worried about Jones from a dynasty perspective, given the opportunity that Dillon's going to have at least for this next game, most likely for the foreseeable future? Yeah. So I uh, actually just made a, a move for Aaron Jones the day before this, this injury happened. So this is probably my least favorite news item of the week, but yeah, I'm a little bit worried that, you know, AJ Dillon's going to get in here um, over the next two weeks or so and just absolutely ball out. Um, you know, we've, we've seen him catch some passes and do things with it. So I'm worried his talent, you know, might shine through a little bit too much. And Aaron Jones is going to have a lot of that first and second down work uh, possibly taken away. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried, but at the same time, like I am such a believer in the talent of Aaron Jones. Um, and I know he doesn't have a whole lot of work, um, you know, a lot of tread on his tires um, over the past few years because he's always been a guy splitting snaps with Jamal Williams or another back. So long-term, you know, I'm, I'm not too, too worried. I'm still willing to go out and buy. I think he's a great dynasty asset. Um, just based on talent and, you know, his receiving ability out of the backfield. I think they'll still always primarily look at him as the receiving back over Dylan. So I think that um, and his knack for finding the end zone will always, um, always kind of keep him highly ranked in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I wish, I wish our crystal ball was real. You know, if I could see that Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones were going to be together for years to come, then I'd, I'd love Aaron Jones, you know, but just the uncertainty at quarterback, um, Devonte could leave Aaron Rodgers could leave that whole team could just be in a rebuild. And I just don't see Aaron Jones getting that much work, you know, if that's the case, but that's more into the future. I am worried now that AJ Dillon was already starting to cut into Aaron Jones's touches and everything, even when they were both healthy. So I think if AJ Dillon plays well, then it could be like a 50, 50 backfield. And you're looking at, Oh, do I start them both? Do I start neither? And it just could be a slippery slope. But for now, I'm loving AJ Dillon. I hope all Aaron Jones owners had him as a handcuff. And if not, you definitely missed your opportunity to buy there. Yeah. Real quick to cut in. I had a thought over the weekend while I was watching the game. um, And I just remembered it. I was kind of comparing the green Bay backfield to the Cleveland Browns backfield, but their usage was just switched where Kareem hunt (laughs) in Cleveland is the lead back in green Bay in Aaron Jones and then Nick Chubb, the downhill runner, is the lead back in Cleveland, but the two back in Green Bay. So it's kind of switched. So I think maybe uh, what I'm envisioning for for downside, if A.J. Dillon's going to, you know, turn into this monster and his talent's going to shine through, maybe we just kind of see a switch like the Browns run it, you know, where um, all of the first and second down work, all the downhill running in between the 20s is given to Nick Chubb or, or will be given to A.J. Dillon. Um, and then uh, Aaron Jones becomes – um, kind of like a, a Kareem Hunt version of himself where he's getting all the receiving work and all the red zone snaps. So that's just Which a thought was, that I had. 
which would not be the end of the world for dynasty players. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah, I just think maybe that top end, you know, top five running back um, ceiling for Mr. Jones might be gone after these couple of weeks, but yep. I, you know, you see it in Cleveland, both of those guys are top 10 guys. So I think, yeah. I think and things could be all right. You're going to listen to, you know, every podcast, every kind of way that you consume media and they're going to be talking about Aaron Jones, this Aaron Jones, that AJ Dillon, this AJ Dillon, that, you know, the fact of the matter is this is a dynasty league. It's year over year. Aaron Jones has reached the age where running backs start to fall off. He's very lucky to avoid a serious knee injury with this. Just be very careful moving forward because the cliff is near. I'm not saying it's here. I'm not saying that it's, you know, never coming, but I'm just saying it's definitely on its way. So, so be tread carefully. You're, you're skating on thin ice, every single like analogy that you could use. All right. So with that being said, we're going to get into my favorite part of the week, actually. I, I kind of like this segment the most. Our booms of the week. Boom shakalaka! Boom, 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 boom. Peter loves it. What was that, Max? Were you okay. trying to do the sound effect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was doing the sound effect. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> How can I deny you to go first after I heard that boom? Or, you know what? I'll let you pick the snake order. Wow, I get to pick the snake order? Yes. It would, it, you just had such a beautiful performance. I couldn't let it go unrecognized. Thank you, Peter. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go first, Peter, because you're a Dallas Goddard truther, and I'm still just in shock over that. Um, and then, Jason, then I'll, I'll round us out. I'll snake us on the back. Nothing's worse than being an Odell Beckham truther right now, though. Jeez. This is, mm-hmm. this is true, Peter. All right, so my boom of the week comes from – I feel like I always find a way to relate it to my fandoms. Uh, as you all know, I love the Jets, but not going to be touching on the Jets this week. I'm going to be touching on my hometown team. Uh, I'm going to be touching on the Eagles and Devonta Smith. Philadelphia, you have found a wide receiver one, you know, passing on so many great talented receivers from Justin Jefferson to DK Metcalf to a lot of, you know, perennial all pro wide receivers that are super young. I think you actually found one. Finally, Mr. Roseman hit the nail on the head with Devonta Smith. All of us, uh, before we started the podcast, we were all very hesitant, you know, on, on Smith, just like the media was as well, but you know what? He's been playing very well this year. He has back-to-back 20 point games in half point PPR. Yeah, let me just double check. Yeah. In, in half point PPR. He has somehow figured out how to stay fantasy relevant in that offense where they only pass like 18 times a game, 15 times a game. Uh, I do think that his touchdown variance is definitely going to start swinging on the downward trend. So this past week he had one, uh, this past week he had two, and then the week before he had one, which pushed him into those 20s. But even if he's sitting at like 12 and a half point, PPR league 12, 14. That's an incredible week from a rookie on any level. Uh, So I would definitely be on the buy. Sirianni is still discovering the identity of the offense in Philadelphia. While they have won with the offense over the last uh, couple of weeks and, you know, shown their prowess of that run heavy offense. I do think, they'll get punched in the mouth and he'll panic and they'll, they'll start throwing the ball again. And 
when they find the, their identity offense, they're going to realize they got to put the ball in their playmakers' hands, and Devonta Smith is going to be at the top of that list with Dallas Goddard. Here's my little Dallas Goddard plug. I don't know. I'm just – I'm so torn. Like, he's looked so good over these past couple of weeks, but at the same time, it just he, – he just scares me. It's just like – it's not as bad as Miles Sanders, like the, the – the, I don't even know, the thought cringe. I get about The cringe. The, the cringe I get with Miles Sanders – um, but it's just, I'm just so worried about his injuries and I get he's small, but he, he's been playing so well and he's in the NFL now and he's doing it now on the big stage and he's beating Pat Sertan and all this stuff. And it's just like, I want to love him. I really, really do. I, I love the person that he is. I think he's a very smart individual. Um, but it's just, I just, I don't know if he can sustain it. You know, he's got Jalen hurts now and they got that synergy going. Like, like I said before, I don't know how long hurts will be there. I don't know how long he can stay healthy. We saw him get hurt at the beginning of the year a little bit. I, I would say it's more of a, a smoke, you know? I, I don't know if he could continue it. Yeah, I um, I don't think, you know, he's still so young. I know he's on pace for over 1,000 yards in his rookie season. So, you know, let's just, like, remember he is a rookie and he's on pace to do some incredible things. So I, I just I think the talent and a lot of the underlying numbers are there for him. He's got a 23.9% target share. He's seen the seventh most air yards in the league. Um, man, and oh, his average uh, target distance is 14 and a half yards down the field. That ranks eighth in the NFL. So, I mean, when he's catching the ball, they're high value throws for the most part. I just until they get, you know, kind of like the Dallas Goddard thing, all the underlying numbers are there, but Jalen Hurts and that run scheme. I think really limits his ceiling. So I see him much more as a, you know, safe wide receiver too um, for the foreseeable future than any kind of, you know, locked and loaded wide receiver one. I'm probably still playing matchups with him. um, That is until he gets a quarterback upgrade of some kind. So um, I I love it. And I think this off season, I'm going to be trying to buy as much Devonta Smith as possible, because if there's, you know, any way that they get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or anybody over there. Like, I mean, he, that's when we'll see him fully unlocked catching probably eight balls a game and just going insane on people. So um, yeah, I think the, the sky is the limit for him. He's just got to get that quarterback situation figured out. Sirianni's got to stop running that thing. That was so. All right. So it was me and then who Mr. Draft order man. Oh, then Jace. Oh, then Jace. So for my boom of the week, I got Stefan Diggs. And, uh, you know, I don't even remember the last time we talked about this guy, like about his own stat line. I know we made some Odell comparisons over the past couple of weeks and, you know, usage in the Stefanski offense. But this past week he saw 13 targets, caught eight balls, 162 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, you know, we finally saw it for Stefan Diggs, man. Josh Allen went back to the plan of attack from last year, and he was just giving the ball to his best player and seeing what happens. So, um, and that worked out extremely well, as, you know, Peter knows all too well. That was an absolute routing of the New York Jets this weekend. Tell me um, something now. <laughs> but uh, the thing about Stefan Diggs, you know, I feel like I mentioned it before we jumped on the air last week. I think he's probably been one of the biggest busts all um, all season. You know, we were drafting him as a top three, top five guy. And, uh, you know, he has not done that whatsoever. So through the first nine weeks, um, 
Diggs wasn't even a top 20 wide receiver in points per game. He was actually 21st. Um, during that time, he was averaging nine targets, six catches, and 73 and a half yards. Um, after this past week, he now shot into 13th overall in points per game. So my main question to you guys is, you know, where are we valuing Mr. Diggs right now um, and past this season? Do we still see him as that top five guy coming into the year, the guy outside of the top 20 that we saw for nine weeks, or the top 13 guy he is now? Peter, I'll let you start. You love Mr. Diggs. I do. He he caught a great name. This is like uh, like the avatar, you know, how like you only get that name when you like earn it or I don't know, maybe I, I don't watch avatar, but they're like double or seven. You only get that name when you deserve it. Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys. He got this, the sticker of Mr. Consistency by my book. Mr. Consistency is very rare. It's, it's a guy that goes out there and he's going to give you the same numbers every single week. And when you're talking about fantasy football, you know, we always talk about, you know, you got to hit on this guy or this guy or this guy or this guy or like, oh, this guy's a big boom bust play, blah, 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 blah. I'll take a lineup of 10 consistent guys or however many guys you got in your lineup, nine consistent guys that are going to go out there and put up what they're projected mm-hmm. every single week because then that makes life so much easier to, to stat out. I'll take guys who are consistent every single week over guys that aren't. And maybe Stefan Diggs can use this uh, routing of the Jets to propel himself forward. I believe that the Jets have to play Buffalo again in Buffalo, or am I oh, wrong? Wow, I think you actually might be right. I believe they do. Yeah, but it's 18. week eighteen. Yeah. So sadly, it's week eighteen that they have to play them. That would be another game for Stefan Diggs just to poop on the Jets. But uh, no, this is this is a good game that he's going to be able to propel himself forward and, and use as a stepping stone to get back and get right again. So, uh, so back to my original question, you see him as a top five guy, top 13 guy or top 20 guy for this season or overall, let's go, let's go overall. I'd still say he's a, I'd say he's like a low end top 10. So like not a low okay. end, a high end, a high end top 10. So like okay. six, six, okay. okay, six or seven at this point in dynasty. Just And he would be in the top five if he had a consistent start to the year. But if he finishes the season with a really consistent end, he'll be mm-hmm. back in that top five easily. I know he's got New England twice coming up to finish the season, which Bill Belichick is awesome at taking away number one. So, I, Max, what do you think, man? I mean, I love me some stuff on Diggs. I traded for him in redraft uh, last week, and he put up 30 points for me. So I'm loving him right now. <laughs> um, but I really think he's a top-five guy. I think in that offense, they had their stinker game versus Jacksonville. It's out of the way, Buffalo. I just think their whole team is so – the only thing that scares me about Buffalo is that they're so good that they're not going to be passing enough, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, they're going to be winning so many games – that they're not going to be throwing the ball enough. And, like, even this past game, I was watching, like, the stats a little bit because it was versus the Jets, and they were up by, like, I don't know, like 30 points, let's just say. And then Diggs caught, like, a 40-yarder. I was like, why is Diggs still in the game? Like, they're up by 30, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just worry about his playtime there. But I really think that Josh Allen knows the type of receiver he has and that he's just going to continue to feed the ball. Cole Beasley's been good. Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, they have a lot of weapons there. But I love me some Diggs. Yeah, so Stefan Diggs, I, I kind of I'm leaning more so with Peter as like a you know more of a top ten guy than a top five guy, but I still think he's one of the most elite wide receivers in this league. I really think that Buffalo, 
you know, they had to have seen what happened in this game. Um, and compared to last season when they were having all of their success, the offense runs best when it's Josh Allen to Diggs um, and they're doing their thing and they're not focused on getting Manny Sanders the ball and Cole Beasley the ball. They want to get it to their best wide receiver as much as um, possible. And, you know, that run game, I feel like they've been trying to get the run game going all season. Zach Moss has had some success here and there. Devin Singletary's had some success here and there, but they are not a team that is built to run the football and uh, hopefully they've realized that um, and they're just going to keep fe- um, keep feeding Mr. Diggs moving forward. So uh, relatively tough schedule to finish things out. But at the end of this offseason, if there's anyone value them at, you know, anything outside of the top 10, absolutely go pay that price and give up, you know, a similar equivalent player. And I think you'll definitely be upgrading into that upper echelon. 100%. I mean, you can't go wrong with Diggs. It's bad weeks by him because he just had that 30-point game, but if there's people that are a week behind, you know, maybe go and try now. For sure. For sure. The fantasy a week behind. Yeah, if they're, if they're like daylight saving time, like how it doesn't affect Jason in Arizona, like <laughs> then maybe maybe go get Diggs now. Yeah, he's, For sure. Jason's a, like trapped in time over there. It's a it's a very strange thing, man. Well, I'm not going to lie. On the East Coast, it's like, let's just say it's 11 o'clock. What time is it there? Right now, it would be uh, nine o'clock. So you're but two usually hours. it's three hours, so yeah. it'd be eight o'clock. So yeah, it's a weird switch up, man. That's that's wild, man. But it, yeah. Speaking of something that's uh, wild, it's my boom of the week, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I get it's not that far out there, you know, Christian McCaffrey, best player in fantasy football, but he's been hurt. New quarterback, Cam Newton, all this stuff going on. He only played 59% of the snaps because they blew out the Cardinals. Sorry, Jace. Um, 13 carries, 95 yards, 10 catches for 65 yards. In a four-point league, he had 26 points without scoring a touchdown while only playing 50% of the snaps. I mean, it's scary how good this guy is and how, like, if you can have Christian McCaffrey on your team, I mean, he's projected more than quarterbacks some weeks. I get projections don't mean that much, but, like, it leads right. you to my question. I saw it on a, on a different fantasy forum, but would you rather have Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor rest of the season? Oh. Taylor hit his, hit, hit his stride too early. I'll take McCaffrey. Um, and that's, that's, like, no analysis. That's just gut feeling. I – yeah, I, I think – the only thing that was holding me back right there is maybe a little bit of CMC injury where he didn't, I think, didn't he pop up onto the injury report after this last game or mm-hmm. in the middle of it? Yeah. I, I just, I worry a little bit that Matt rule and those guys over there have no idea how to handle him. Um, so, but at the end of the day, Max has already said it. He doesn't even need to put up a touchdown to end up the number one running back on a week. And one of the things that I was talking about from, um, you know, the downgrade, quote-unquote, downgrade to quarterback from Sam Darnold to P.J. Walker. And I think this will translate to Cam, too. I don't think they want any of these guys really throwing the ball downfield to these targets. And I, I think this offense wants to run through Christian McCaffrey. They want to get the ball out of these quarterbacks' hands into their best players' um, possession as soon as possible. So I think he's got the perfect storm going for him right now. He's going to see a ton of volume, and if he can stay healthy – um, you know he's going to do the most with it. So, yeah, he's he's still – I mean, Jonathan Taylor from a dynasty perspective definitely gives him a little run for his money, but 
I'm still going with CMC, man. He's just – if you have him on your team, it is so fun watching Carolina Panthers games, um, watching him catch 10 balls a game. So If you're playing against him, it's like – it's scary. Like It's so defeating. Any it's so defeating. touch he takes, he can go to the house and he gets touches every single time. It's, it's madness to me. Yeah. No. I think he's just by far and away the number one running back in fantasy bar and health. So – Max, why don't you uh, why don't you lead us into the bus of the week? Shame, shame, shame. My bus of the week. It really, really pains me to say it. It's DK Metcalf. I mean, if you know me, you know I love DK Metcalf. Um, three catches, twenty six yards on eight targets with Russ coming back this week, and one ejection. So, Ooh, how many points do you get for that? <laughs> If I was running a, a fun league, you know, unlike the NFL, I'd give him like 10, 10 fantasy points per ejection. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I'd do, I'd do minus a thousand. If your player gets ejected, you automatically lose. Did oh, I, like, did I mention on the pod the league that I, my buddy used to play in? You talked to me separately, but you mentioned it really quick. Two seconds. So I had a buddy back at Evansville. Shout out to Troy Biosmith. He used to play in a league. Um, this was before they moved the extra point back. And in that league, if your kicker missed uh, missed an extra point, it was minus one thousand points, and you automatically uh-huh. lost. So I swear, uh-huh. and I yep. And the rule was you had to play a kicker each week. You could not like punt the position, take it out. You had to play a kicker, and it was minus one thousand if to, if you missed the the so, chip shot. So if both kickers miss, then it's a normal normal game. Yeah, you're bad. Yeah, you're good. You're bad. All bets are off. Exactly. <laughs> I like that, but it's like if you're up and like let's say you're up by like forty points and you have to play your kicker on Monday uh-huh. night and he misses an extra point, that's uh-huh. so much. <laughs> it would make every game interesting. So yeah. all the way till the end, baby. I would so be screaming at the television. I'm mm-hmm. all for that. Actually, maybe we'll implement that. We yeah, will. You should. I love you it. And, quick little league tip: you and your friends should have like a serious league. You know, your dynasty mm-hmm. league. Then have just a random fun league where you just, you know, don't even care. Like Definitely. have like five flexes. Yeah. Three you know, tight ends, three tight ends, uh, mm-hmm. six quarterback. You know what I mean? Just like throw some crazy rules in there. Cause you know what? Sooner or later, maybe you'll like it. Maybe play like an IDP league and maybe say, Hey, this was actually really fun. We should bring this into the redraft league. Definitely. It's like well, your uh, rules testing league. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it fun and you have to keep the people like interested in stuff. And like, maybe with that, you can do like weekly payouts or something. Like you don't want people if like you're doing a minus 1000 for a missed extra point. Like I, I don't, I don't really know what the strategy would be there, but it, it, it sounds pretty fun. And Get Justin it. Tucker on your squad. Dude, that, that is what, yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I mean, it's literally a league winner, but DK Metcalf, one ejection. I mean, I, I really feel like ejection should be like 10 points, like minus 10, <laughs> sure, minus 10, but like with the taunting penalties and stuff, it's becoming more common to get ejected. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to, I saw this on like Instagram or something is DK Metcalf, just a bigger version of Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, they both got the hair. They like to do the on-field antics. Like, do we see the comparisons or no? Yeah, I mean. They're just, they're just both immature. They're both young. Yeah, very yeah, young. I, it, not young. Not young. Youth has nothing to do with maturity. I would disagree. They're, they're immature. There are young men that are, that are stand-up individuals that, that, you know, go to work every day and never complain. I hate to, like, 
be a Jets homer, but Elijah Moore always talks like, don't treat me like a rookie just because I'm a rookie. You hold me to the highest standard possible. And he's not yelling at Shannon Sharp when he makes a mistake. Like, <laughs> but you know what? Fantasy football doesn't care, care about your character unless you get kicked off a team. So, fair enough. Yes. But I don't know. DK Metcalf, he's been very, very solid this past year with Geno Smith. And like, I was very surprised with how well he did. But a lot of it came on like deep ball touchdowns, 40 yard touchdowns, 83 yard touchdowns. So I think from a dynasty perspective, I obviously love DK. And if any owner's panicking, like, please go out and buy DK because he's such a physical freak of nature. And he's like, just so good. He's locked and loaded with Russell Wilson. But it was just sad this week to see Russ coming back, all the excitement, and then then to get shut out and DK to put up basically a goose egg. Yeah, DK, um, you know, I want, I think most of that game was just the disappointment lies and Russ looked rusty. The offense looked rusty. Um, but at the end of the day, he is still getting the ball thrown his way. He had eight targets in that game. So you love to see that on only 74% of the snaps and, you know, with, with Russ fully healthy, you know, uh, weeks two through four this season, he had 11 targets, nine targets, eight targets. So, you know, any guy that's got, you know, a target share that large and um, with his physical ability and the types of targets that he sees, he they're so high value. I mean, he is literally – he's up there with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Like, guys, almost every week you can throw money down to score a touchdown. He's just too too big and too athletic um, for Russ not to throw him the ball. So, yes, just because of that offense and the way that, you know, Russ likes to really rely solely on the deep ball sometimes – um, he's going to have his down weeks just like every other wide receiver. But this is one of those guys that will absolutely win you weeks um, throughout the course of the season and throughout the course of his career. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not at all worried about DK Metcalf at all. He's still, you know, we were just talking about it, young, immature, whatever it is. He's 23 years old. So, I mean. He's our age. He, yeah, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's our age. And I mean, he's just out there putting on a show each and every week. So except for this past week, but you know, I, I don't think there's any denying or um, fading Mr. DK Metcalf. No, I don't think so either. I, I won't say, uh, I won't go into, you know, what you guys went into just you know, restating everything, but something I will say uh, as much as I hate to say it, uh, for this year, I like Russell Wilson as a as a quarterback, and I enjoy the Seahawks, but I can't this year because of the Jets, uh, like the Jets owning their pick. Mm-hmm. It's sad that I have to root against them. I, I usually really like them, but Russ, you know, had finger surgery a month ago, and he mm-hmm. has probably one of the hardest games in snowing Green Bay. You know what? This game, pretend like it didn't exist, and next week, if it happens again against Arizona, who looked terrible against Carolina then there's a bigger problem. For but sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right, Jace, let's get into your bust. Yeah, my bust of the week is uh, Amari Cooper, who has really not been doing anything over the past two weeks. Um, four catches uh, on four targets, 51 yards, no touchdowns. Um, this season, he has five games with four catches or less. He has four games with three catches. He only has a 19.7 target share this season. And, you know, I, f- I feel like at the beginning of the season, we were just screaming Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, one of the best values in your startup uh, dynasty drafts, one of the best values in trades, go get Amari Cooper. But man, like 
I, I just got to ask you guys, do you think he's the true number two behind CD at this point? Do you think he's just a boomer bust wide receiver two at this point? Just, I don't know. Dallas, it's so unpredict, like unpredictable. Like you have this game where they win 40, was it 43 to three, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Something 45, crazy. 45, 45, 43, something like that. Something crazy. And Amari Cooper's like not scoring and I, they're blowing him out. So they're not going to throw the ball more and Zeke's getting touches and then CD scoring. And then Michael Gallup's coming back. Dalton Schultz is like unproductive. Like the whole offense is like a giant question mark. Mm-hmm. And Amari Cooper, I, I don't know. He's just, he's one of those guys where it's like any given like play, he can take it to the house, just like any guy in the NFL, really. But mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, out, I'm off the train of Amari Cooper. He's not on my Polar Express. Interesting. Whoa. Interesting. No, I I feel similarly. There's only one person who's really guaranteed touches in that offense, and that's Zeke. Just he is like, and then there's even Pollard there. You know, if Zeke gets a little banged up on one run, oh, he's basically going to get only a quarter of the work the rest of the game, and Pollard's just going to go run for 100 yards. Like, the offense is very polarizing uh, in that way, but I I don't know. I I just, I see CD. I see him taking strides. I think it's less one and two and it's one A, one B given the week. And by the end of the season going into next year, CD will be the definite number one, but I have no idea how that's going to affect Amari because sooner or later, those number one quarter corners are going to switch. True. Yeah. So yeah. Look what happened with Juju without, uh, without AB. So. Right. I, I uh, actually, did you guys see CD Lamb actually bumped Dak Prescott in the head without a helmet on? Like he went no. like a helmet bump and he Dak didn't have one on. So I think no. Amari's gonna be getting the ball more this patent this next Dude. week. <laughs> um you remember when Daniel Jones got his freaking lights turned off on the goal line a few weeks ago? Oh yeah. my um, gosh, yeah. Okay. You remember I don't know who his teammate was, but he came up to him and gave him the headbutt on the cart. I was like, dude, what are you doing right now? Like that guy's brain is mush right now. You're gonna go freaking rock him again. But yeah, literal need- sludge. Brain is sludge. Yeah, let's whatever happened to high fives, man. Let's just bring them back. You know, there's no risk of concussion with a high five. Fist bump but, uh, or something. Seriously, yeah. Did COVID teach anybody anything? We fist bump now. What the hell? Yeah. Elbow. <laughs> Give him an elbow. <laughs> But, uh, no, uh, I got a little question game for you guys because I think earlier in the offseason we were probably taking Amari Cooper over these guys, but things change, the variance hits. Uh, would you rather have Amari Cooper or Jerry Judy, who has not been that explosive since coming off IR? Cooper. I'll take Judy. Okay. I'll take the quarterback, Cooper. Yeah, that's a tough one. That one's really tough. I'm such a big Judy guy, i probably still rock with Judy. Uh, Amari Cooper or Marquise Brown? Amari Cooper. Ooh. Peter? Cooper. Ooh, okay. I, I just can't. I can't with Brown. Yeah. Personally, I can't. I'll go Brown. Um, wow. I know. Uh, Amari Cooper or Michael Pittman? Wow, these are good. Thank you. <laughs> uh... I'm going to go with Michael Pittman. Okay. Peter? <laughs> it's tough. I'm <Peter>. stuck. <laughs> Give me Cooper. 
Yeah, I I think I might go Pittman, but yeah, it's a toss up. I think I feel it's just crazy. I I want to do that just kind of show, you know, early off season expectations and then what actually happens in the middle of the season. It's it's pretty fun to see the change up. So, yeah, it it seems like his stock is, you know, d- down a little bit from uh, some of those trade opinions right there, but yeah, we'll see what happens moving forward with, uh, with uh, Mr. Amari Cooper. Peter, who is your bust of the week? And it better start with Dallas and Eden Goddard. Did not, because injuries don't count for busts. When he was on pace to have eight receptions in the game for oh. like 65 yards as yeah, a tight yeah. end without yeah. a touchdown <laughs> thrown in there. Whoever but catches the first ball of the game, I'm going to tell them they're on pace for like 20 catches for three million yards, Peter. <laughs> Jeez, you're still upset. Rent free. <laughs> yes. Uh, my bust of the week was Mr. Rondell Moore. Another dog wiener week. We had an entire episode almost devoted to this guy when our good friend Kev K came on the show. Shout out Kev K. Mm-hmm. He looked good at the start of the year against some pretty league average defenses for the most part, and then has kind of slowed off against these really good defenses. I have no idea what to make of him. He plays 56% of snaps, 48. He plays 81% of snaps and gets five points. And this past week he was banged up, but played 33% of the snaps for Arizona. I understand there's no Kyler Murray there. I just have no idea which way this guy's going to go. He's five foot seven, 180 pounds. I know he has all of the, the tangible speed and Kevin came on and literally dissected every single thing you'd ever need to know about this guy. You know what? You know, if he takes cream and sugar in his coffee in the morning with what Kev had on here, you'd know what kind of car he drives, what high school he went to. But no, even with all that that plethora, that wealth of information, I still have no idea what to think about him. Earlier in the season, you probably could have gotten a first-round pick for him at the right time if you sold him off of that 20-point bomb. But right now, I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody to pay a second for him straight. Yeah, I'm a second for me. I would, I would as well. Um, But yeah, I think what we're kind of seeing a lot of this is really disappointing too, because DeAndre Hopkins has been out too, Um, and so is Chase Edmonds too, a guy who I think, um, you know, we see Rondale catching stuff out of the backfield, getting rushing attempts. I think Chase Edmonds plays a part into his work share um, or his workload as well. So. I just think we're seeing him turning more and more into a gadget guy. And if we don't see that trend start to change anytime soon, then the hope of him becoming the number one target when D hop is eventually done, that's probably out the window, man. They're going to have to go find a different uh, type of wide receiver. So I think he's a perfect fit for that offense professionally. They're so explosive when they have Kyler and D hop and all their guys healthy. Um, But fantasy wise, I just don't think he's going to see enough volume to get it done right now. Um, I think we just need to see, uh, you know, he is really young too. I mean, he broke out in college at like 18 years old and he's only 21 right now. So, I mean, definitely stay patient with the guy, but you know, until he's, he proves that he can be a solid, pure route running wide receiver. I'm slowly starting to stay away from him more and more. I'd pay, I'd pay a first one. Really? You'd pay know, first for him right now. Yeah, I'd pay. For, I mean, in the 2022 class, and a late if it was a late first, I would. I, I really just don't like the class. And like, if I'm gonna pay a first for Cam Newton in a super flex league, 
and a single quarterback, <laughs> I, I'd pay a first for Rondell Moore. I really hey, would. Hey, yeah. look, don't worry. Don't worry. Because by the time the draft rolls around, we're going to be obsessed with this rookie class. So yeah. Yeah. We're going to have nothing else to talk about, year. man. We're going to have to get obsessed or else we're just going to be bored the whole time. We got to get excited about these guys. I have a couple guys. I have a couple guys in there that I do like, but as an over, overarching, not the strongest class. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So Somebody any last – any last touching points here? Mm-mm. Take you to the crystal ball. Ooh, we're going to do our crystal ball segment, looking into the future. We're going to look into the crystal ball and see who's going to boom and who's going to bust. So this upcoming week has a lot of nice matchups in it, the big slate of games. We are going to keep with the same order, and we're going to start with myself. Okay, so I'm going to get us started Oh, crystal ball, crystal ball. Who is going to ball out this week? <laughs> oh, it's fuzzy. Hold up. I got to look deeper. Whoa. You guys aren't going to believe this. My my Jets homerness oh, seems wow. like it's getting exposed. <laughs> but I have Elijah Moore. Oh, shocker. <laughs> I'm, I have no idea how this happened. I'm surprised you it know. wasn't Dallas. Dallas G. I'm surprised it's not Denzel Mims. Yeah. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, the crystal ball spit it out. I didn't. So I'll take a look into his stats really quick. Wow, this actually kind of does make sense. So he has gone in half point PPR, 10 points, 24 points, and then 12 points in the last three weeks. He's found a really good side of touchdown, uh, positive regression, not positive regression, whatever, positive, uh, positive touchdowns. Uh, over the last three games. And he is coming up against Miami this upcoming week, who is who is sixth in the NFL, worst against the wide receiver. They're averaging 25 points for opposing wide receivers this season with allowing at least one touchdown, 1.12 touchdowns every game, and then just about 200 yards to the wide receiver position this season. I understand that the Jets do dump it down, but over the last couple of weeks, Elijah Moore has definitely shown everybody what he's worth and only doubled down. He hasn't been inconsistent. He's been a guy 10 points, 24, and then 11. He's not going to change the world and win you a week in fantasy, but he's going to be a constant stabling force in your lineup against a terrible Miami pass defense this season, and he will not be receiving the number one corner in Xavier Howard. I like that one quite a bit. Just, I mean, wide receivers score against Miami. We, we just talked about Stefan Diggs lighting them up. Um, you know, he's shown an, an incredible ability um, in regards to yards per catch. He's been above 11 yards per catch um, in each of his last four games. He has at least six targets in the last four games. Slowly but surely, he's becoming that second half breakout that, you know, Peter and all of us have always dreamed of over here. We were always big Elijah Moore guys. Um, over here on the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. So, yeah, I think it's finally happened. He's seen that snap share um, slowly starting to rise, seeing those targets rise, and he's got a fantastic finish to the season. Miami, Houston, Philly, which is tough. Depends on who he sees. You know, if he's the true number one, maybe Slay locks him down there. But New Orleans, Miami again, Jacksonville, and then Tampa, who you're going to have to throw against. So, fantastic uh, finish to the season. And, uh, you know, he could be a monster for you. And I, I love him this week. Peter, keep looking in the ball. Who's going to bust this week? Keep, we'll just go with you right now. 
Sorry. So I'm going to say crystal, you know, crystal ball, crystal ball. And you just see the, the fog of it just keeps spinning and swirling. Who is going to not ball this week? Oh. I know. You know, these, these old spells, they tell you that they're supposed to like rhyme or something. I don't know. I don't think so. Now the, the ball, ball, I'm looking deeper into it and it's actually spitting out. Deontay Johnson. This is, this is weird. You know, miss, he is one of those guys that used to be a model of consistency in the NFL. He's had a couple, I wouldn't say great weeks. I think that's the way you categorize them. Not great, not bad. Uh, but Deontay this week is going up against the Chargers, who have currently the number one defense, the pass defense against wide receivers in fantasy. They're not letting up a lot of points, and Deontay is probably going to be up against Asante Samuel Jr., who is probably going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year this year. It's either him or Michael Parsons, but my vote's for Asante Samuel Jr. He has completely balled out this year, especially with Pittsburgh being limited in the wide receiver room. Claypool's probably not going to play. Uh, I just I just can't see Deontay being able to overcome the double teams as well as Asante Samuel Jr. in him being the only option there. And it's a primetime game too, and he hasn't looked great in primetime. Also hasn't scored a touchdown since week five. Yeah, Deontay, I think it's all hinged upon if Big Ben's going to play. I think if Big Ben plays, he'll probably still give you that floor game um, that he always gives you just because they manufacture so many different touches to him. And, you know, maybe maybe the Chargers bounce back a little bit here. They always have that week-to-week upside to blow a team out. Pittsburgh's defense is solid, though. Herbert has been struggling. So, yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the most friendly game script for him. Um, like you said, the Chargers defense, they're actually the number two overall defense against fantasy wide receivers right behind the Bills. They only give up 15.11 points per game. So, yeah, this is you're going to start Deontay most weeks just because, you know, he's been rock solid pretty much all season. Uh, but if it's if it's the Mason Rudolph experience again, oh, my God, get look, him on your bench, man. Look out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jace, let's hear your two crystal ball picks here take the ball oh yeah thank you all right crystal ball crystal ball who will be the biggest boom of them all see that one rhymes you like that (laughs) maybe maybe yours will be clearer than mine you like that oh yeah this one well this one's a gut check right here man uh this i'm going for miles gaskin against the new york jets man uh yeah shout out to whiteman what's he do the this is a real gut check right here. Miles Gaskin, he's been up and down all season. He's gotten the work at times. He's just been mega inefficient behind that just absolutely porous um, offensive line and just the the switch between Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa. And, uh, yeah, so the Jets um, this season, though, they've given up the most points to opposing running backs. They give up uh, 30.67 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. The next highest are the Lions, and they're all the way down to 23.44. So um, a seven-point spread uh, between the first, uh, the best defense, or excuse me, the worst opposing defense against running backs um, and the second worst. Um, The Jets have also given up 189.22 scrimmage yards per game to opposing backs. So 
I think Miles Gaston's going to get the work there. You know, he's been over 20 carries a couple times this season. Um, he's always got that receiving upside. So I think he's absolutely going to eat against the Jets. And I think um, he, more often than, or more likely than not, he's going to find himself in the end zone. I don't know. It's just they're so unpredictable in Miami. And it's like what Dolphins are going to show up. But you bring up a lot of good points and you had a good rhyme. So I'm going to I'm going to rock with you, Jace. Well, let's go. <laughs> I'm 100 percent in on that, Jace. Just hedging my fandom. Mm-hmm. I'll start them. You know what? There's liars. There's lot. There's damn liars, and then there's statisticians. That's like the old saying. So numbers can work in any way as long as you want them to work for you. But yeah. this number is so solid. It, it's you know what? How many points are you giving up to running backs? I don't care what running backs you're facing every week. They let up so many points to Matt Breida and Devin Singletary, right. Zach Moss last week. Yeah, if you're a running back and you're facing the Jets, it's likely that you're going to have a pretty decent game. And even if you don't, you did the right numbers. Yeah. And I think, you know, two is a little bit banged up. Jacoby's been banged up. I think they want to, you know, these their quarterbacks have just been getting assaulted this season. So I think they're going to want to get it in somebody else's hands. I key really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Another boom against the Jets. The Jets are terrible against the screen. They're like probably okay. ranked the worst against screen passes all season. Okay. You know what that says. Jalen Waddle time. Buy now Yo. before he goes to the moon this week and scores two touchdowns off the screens. For sure. For sure, Jalen Waddle. That's a that's a little extra sprinkle that the ball spit out at me. Mm-hmm. Someone on Instagram or one of the corners or something said Jalen Waddle's gonna be a top ten receiver next year. Wow. What I mean, do we think of that? If they got Deshaun Watson over there. Maybe. Ooh. All right, Jace, what's your bust? Let's let's hear what the, what does the ball think that your your not so lucky guy will be? Yeah, so the the balls uh, the crystal ball has Michael Pittman's face sitting right in the middle of it, uh, and there's quite a bit of smoke uh, flowing around his face right now. I think uh, you know Michael Pittman. He's had a really good season. Uh, you could call it a breakout season for sure. Especially just we barely even saw him last year. I feel like he ran like six routes all season. Um, and there were a lot of people pining for him this off season. I personally wasn't buying it. I didn't know about the quarterback situation over there. I didn't even know about his own personal talent. But over the last three weeks, man, he's put it together. And uh, I think a lot of that can be attributed to some patty cake matchups, man. Uh, they played Jacksonville this previous week. He only went uh, five catches for 71 yards. Pretty solid game, especially in full point PPR. Gets you that baseline. Uh, Then he played the Jets where he went uh, five for 64 and a touchdown. And then Tennessee, uh, 10 catches, 86 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, I think this season, I I feel like people are valuing him a little bit too high just because we wanted to see it so bad. And we've had flashes here and there. Um, But I'm still holding out a little bit on Michael Pittman. I don't know. If I'm ready to believe like he's this true wide receiver one. Um, and, you know, this week is going to be the true testament. He draws Buffalo, who I mentioned earlier, have given up the fewest points to opposing wide receivers this season. Fantasy points, that is, they only give up 13.11 points per game to opposing wide receivers. And, uh, man, I, I think if he gets a, the shadow coverage um, from uh, Tredavious White, then it, it's probably over, man. I don't think him and Carson Wentz can uh, – I don't think they can stack up against this Buffalo defense. Peter, you got anything to say about Michael Pittman? I'm, I'm, I, I, I like uh, what Jay said. Yeah, look, when somebody's got that strong of an argument, I, you really, I could try to take the other side, but I don't feel comfortable taking the other side at all. I'm in complete agreement. 
I think the other side of it's if they find if they just get walloped, which I don't. I mean, Indy's got a solid defense, and you know the Bills have been hit or miss somewhat this season. But if I think the only hope for him having a really good game is if they just get blown out. They're playing catch up the whole yeah. time, and he can eat up or a bunch just, of catches. Or he just has like a couple touchdowns off of like just yeah, like some, you know like three catches, two touchdowns, or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Those are the only ways. Exactly. All right, Max. I'm gonna wrap us home, wrap us up, wrap us home. Wrap us home. <laughs> I will share my quote. I believe it's my turn to share a quote. Um, no crystal ball for you, Max. No, 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 no. I'm gonna crystal ball. I'm gonna wrap us home with the crystal ball. Uh, I'm gonna keep it very quick though because this has been a longer episode. Uh, my first boom ball, crystal ball, whatever we want to call it. I'm gonna go Alan Kamara. Uh, he had a week off last week. He got a little hurt, banged up, but he's due for a monster game. They play the Philadelphia Eagles, who cannot <laughs> they, they cannot stop the running back. And I think it's going to be a close game. So I think Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram would be a good play too. But I don't know. I think it's already set enough by playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week. So that's why my ball says he's going to fall. And then my bust of the week. Is Saquon Barkley, the guy's still hurt. He's got a soccer ball on his ankle or whatever. A tangerine. Plays the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they'll nurse him back. I think they're going to get blown out, so I don't see them running the ball much. I just, I'm just i staying away from Saquon. Even if I have him and I drafted him in the first round, I will not play him this week. 100%. I love both of those. I no qualms there. Pretty, yeah, no, pretty, but... pretty easy. Pretty easy. Um, I'm going to wrap us up here, take us home with a quote. And I think it's only right that the show ends the way it started with uh, Cam Newton. So I'm back. That's not my quote, but it says control what you can control. Don't lose sleep worrying about the things you don't have control over because at the end of the day, you still won't have any control over them. And I think this is beautifully said by Cam, who's a poet. And you really... In fantasy football, you need a lot of luck. You really do. Like like you mm-hmm. said, Peter, you can do the algorithms. You can do the, the numbers. You can say, oh, gas, man. And your EVs. You can, yeah, Gaskin plays the worst defense this week. Like, against the start, he's a sleeper, you know, and then he can go out there and do nothing. And injuries happen all the time. So there's just stuff that you can control. You, you're going to put the best lineup. You're going to trust your heart, and that's all you can do. And especially with, like, playoffs and everything coming up, Play your guys, play who you feel comfortable with. And because at the end of the day, it's like after you set them and lock them in, there's nothing you can do to worry about them or you're, it's not going to change the outcome of their score. If you sit there and stare at the screen all day, like, oh, I hope I hope Tyreek Hill catches one more. It's not going to – I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, but Very right, well so. said, Max. Way to bring Cam back into this thing, man. You know, He's back. He's back. He's back. A monarch, a monarch in his own way. I, I will allow him to be a monarch, quote, a quote from a, mm-hmm. uh, a ruler, because he did rule the NFL for a very long time. For sure. Led the Panthers to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is going to wrap the show up. It was a little bit of a longer one, but, you know, as these championship weeks start to come into fruition, you know, these are the weeks that you're going to make your playoff pushes, and you cannot set the wrong lineups these weeks. These are the weeks where they really matter down the stretch. 
So we apologize for the longer show, but at the end of the day, the information is extremely important for you. We also want to thank Game Day Liner for their support. Use code Dynasty21 at checkout uh, and get 15% off. Again, Dynasty21, all lowercase, for 15% off your custom truck bed liner. They've been great sponsors of the show, helping uh, helping us promote our podcast. We're helping them promote their product. And it's even better when you believe in a product like we believe in theirs. So, Very well said. Anything before we hop off and I go back to work? Oh, sorry to hear that, dude. Uh, no, rest in peace, I guess. Yeah, have fun at work, Peter. I'm going to go uh, right to my bed and take a nice sleep. Envious. Envious of you. <laughs> but I just appreciate the Sundays a little more. No doubt. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you on Saturday's episode. Yeah. Take it easy, people. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.